This episode of the Punk Rocket Show is brought to you by EpicMerchStore.com, a great website offering tons of merch from a lot, a lot of bands from all around the world. Hello, my punk rock friends. How are you? Welcome to the Punk Rocket Show episode 10. Yes, already 10 episodes. Woo, I'm super happy about that. My name is Emilie Plamondon. I'm a French-Canadian from Quebec City, and I'm super passionate about punk rock music. On today's episode, you're gonna listen to the last part of the interview I made with Mike Cambra from Dead by Stereo, The Adolescents, and Common War. We talked about the loss of Steve Soto and how he's dealing with this situation, about his favorite touring spots, the new albums, and Putin! <laughs> I'm also gonna make you two recommendations for two amazing bands, All Fall Down from UK and Down Memory Lane from my local scene. Let's go! But first, let's talk about Epic Merch Tour! I really love to collect vinyl, but my favorite punk rock collection is totally band shirts! I think I have like more than 200 now. <laughs> so that's why I'm super happy about this partnership with Epic Merch Tour. You should definitely check their website if you want some band's merch, like t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, or kids' merch from more than 200 punk, ska, hardcore, and metal bands from all around the world. They have merch for bands like Mute, Cigar, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Craig's Brother, Down Byla, Useless ID. I'm actually wearing my Useless ID t-shirts right now from Epic Merch Store. Dead by Stereo, Drunk Tank, Veneria, etc. And I'm super happy to tell you that they just added a Willem Scream in their catalog. And I'm stoked because a Willem Scream is my favorite band in the world. They have exclusive shirt designs and you can choose among different sizes and colors. They also offer a flat rate shipping all around the world. So get your merch at epicmerchstore.com. Hello, my friends. How are you? I'm super good and I'm really happy to host another episode for you. I had a pretty good week. I've been listening to a lot of vinyl recently. A few months ago, I bought Anti-Flag Terror Stays and I hadn't listened to it until last weekend. And I love this album so much, guys. So I took the time to enjoy a beer and read the lyrics. And it was a fantastic moment I had alone in my living room. <laughs> I also went to my local record store a few days ago. I made a pretty good harvest. <laughs> I bought some gems. I got Heavy Petting Zoo from NoFX, or should I say Eating Lambs? <laughs> um, don't Turn Away from Face to Face. I got also Lagwagon Eng and Full Circle by Pennywise. I know it might sound a little, I don't know, materialistic or something, but I just feel like as long as I have vinyl, I will never be bored. <laughs> When I got the vinyl, I got a place to go. Turntable, turntable, turntable. <laughs> uh, okay, I also watched an amazing live show last weekend. I think I didn't have time to talk to you about it on the last episode, but it was for the band The Creep Show from Toronto. They were playing at my favorite venue in the world called Lanty Bar et Spectacle. This venue is literally at six minutes walk from my place, <laughs> but I had to watch them on my, on my TV because it was a virtual show. I was like frustrated, Urgh! but it was so much fun. 
I love the show. The sound was great as always, and they made an amazing performance. I really admire Kenda, the singer and guitarist. She's so good. Her voice is just perfect. They played a perfect balance of songs on their different albums, and I, I was really happy to hear a lot of songs from my favorite album from them called Run For Your Life. The only thing I was a little disappointed about was that the show was way too short, barely an hour. I would have taken so much more from them. <laughs> But good job to the band members and Lancy in Quebec City. Huge shout out to the crew in Lancy. I love you guys. I miss you. I really love that this venue actually makes the bands come here and play for real in the venue. And so it's fun for the bands, of course, but they also encourage local restaurants to feed the bands, hotels in the area. So it's fantastic because our local economy needs it a lot. So good job. And now it's time to listen to the first repunkmentation I have for you today. Repunkmentation! I have a major crush on this band called All Fall Down from UK. The second I heard them, I was like, whoa, this is a repunkmentation for the Punk Rocket Show. I don't know if you know that band, but it reminds me a lot of some beefy Claro mixed with some Bayside and Moaning influences mixed again with some pop punk bands influences it's just so great the vocal is amazing hypnotizing just as much as the dreamy music they recently released two singles so let's listen to one of them my favorite but both are good but let's listen to take me back <laughs>
support uh you also made a, a new album but must be so hard i, I can't imagine mm. yeah it was, it was it was very very difficult you know, still is very difficult mm -hmm. uh, we were very we're very lucky though that brad logan you know that minus and uh leftover crack you know he was close oh, yeah. to us and he, he was close to steve too so it's like when when it all happened you know we had another tour we had just gotten off with tour literally days prior and we had another tour in Europe coming up uh, about a few uh, weeks after that you know we 
it, it was a really, really hard time. We didn't know what to do. We were all kind of conflicted and just, we're a mess. And sure. we came to the decision and we had a lot of friends kind of like give us support on this and back us up that, you know, adolescence has a thing. We never cancel shows. I think the amount of shows adolescence is canceled like, you know, short kind of cancel is then literally you can count it on one hand, if not less than that. So it's like, it, it was, it was, it was a crazy decision to kind of eventually, we had to postpone it, but to eventually go do that tour, we felt like, hey, Steve wouldn't cancel anything. I mean, that's the sure. reason I'm in the band because they're at the time drummer Rondo. He was on another tour with his band that he was playing in, in Europe. And so they, he double booked himself, but they didn't have a drummer for a Palm Springs show. And kind of through Ephraim, because Ephraim was in a band with Steve, Man Hispanic, who's oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking I read that. Yeah, legendary yeah. Um, They ended up, Steve ended up asking me to fill in. And because he didn't want to cancel the show, show must go on, I ended up getting in the band. And wow. I think we kept that, you know, moving forward to now. With, hey, I don't think he would have wanted the band to stop right then. I don't think totally. he would have wanted us to go. And we kind of made it all about him at that point, you know? I mean, we, we kind of had to in, in a very positive sense where it was about him, you know? Like, he's the reason we were doing all this. You know, him and Tony, you know, I mean, the rest of the guys will, you know, old school line up to do, but, you know, him and Tony grew up friends from a very young age. So it's like, you know, the, the bond that I can say I created with these guys because of Soto, he was like the glue. You know, when I, when yeah. I joined the band, mm-hmm. he was the band. He was, he was the glue in that fucking band and he still is, you know, he's still the connection that we have with people all over the world through him and every other project he's done. Cause he's one of those guys too. Mm-hmm. He's played in a building. Oh, yeah. and he's done so, it was tough, but you know, we had, we kind of felt like we had to keep going. We couldn't stop it. So you made show after that. How was it? How was the crowd? Like the crowd must be like sad and on fire at the same time. Right. Uh, everyone was really loving everyone was really supportive and it, you know there were some teary eyed days nights and shit like that you know you go play some shows and you see some tears in the crowd it was crazy but it's it's good to see that love you know it, yeah. it made it all possible support made it possible yeah good and the song the no effect song is good I I still have to listen to the album again. I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of the album overall yet, but this song really got into my heart very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's really crazy how they, uh, what they redid Linoleum pretty much, mm. but did like their own new rendition of it with uh, Ben Seven guitar players on it. And it's fucking crazy. Uh, at first, I'm not going to lie, I was like, ah, it's kind of lame, but then again, I rethought it and like, You know, that's cool, man. They're reinventing something that was that they did, you know, long, quite a long time ago. And I think that's cool. It's adventurous. You know, a lot of that's a, it's a very risky move. So I think, know, kudos to them. For- yeah, I think the, the intention was pretty good, probably. Yeah. I agree, you know. Yeah. Another question I had was, I love this one too. Uh, if you could play only one Dead by Stereo whole album live, what would it be? Whole album, huh? Yeah, like an anniversary tour for an album. Probably our newest album. Yeah. Um, me, for, I mean, because I drummed on the whole, you know, it's an album that I actually recorded. And oh, yeah. I really on a lot of the drums on it. I had a really fun time doing it. I tried to kind of, I tried to get artsy with a few things. And I would really like to do that. I think if I had my choice to do an album front to back, 
it would be our newest album. Hmm. We're all dying just in time. The title is pretty powerful, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Ephraim did really good on the lyrical content and the message behind it. You know, there's, there's a lot of things to kind of, you know, be involved and interested in right now in society. So, you know, there was a lot of, it made way for a lot of content, you know, and a lot of things that Ephraim could write about. And I think he nailed it. I'm pretty stoked about it. What, what did you write about? What did he wrote about? I didn't take the time yet to read and analyze the lyrics. I love to do that, but I'm curious. You know, kind of like classic DBS form, you know, just kind of what's going on in society. You know, yeah, I, I totally. think Ephraim, he gets inspired, you know, all the time by different things happening. And last few years for us, even before the pandemic, he like, I mean, as far, I know this is, it's affected the whole world, but mm -hmm. for being an American specifically, I mean, Donald Trump as a president for four years was kind of a, You know, it, 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 it was a lot of inspiration. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. a positive inspiration, but, you know, it definitely gave it. people... Yeah, you know, I mean, it's conflict. And as you know, we're always going to have... People are always going to be, you know, one side or another side of this or that or whatever it is. But I think it, it did give a lot... It gave them a lot to write about. You know, a lot of content to kind of think about and stuff happening and personal life shit. But this one, I think, was a lot about society. So... And another one, another question about traveling. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a fun question to ask because all Ben says different stuff, but where is your favorite place to tour? Honestly, I, it, that's such a loaded question. I've been asked that a lot. And I, I know, and every band got this question asked a lot, but it's always so different. So I'm always super happy to ask it. <laughs> I mean, you know what, like, I'm kind of like a sucker for this because like I'll fall in love with places all the time. You know, like when I'm in Canada, Canada's my favorite. When I'm in Japan, Japan's my favorite. Like, I like having fun, you know? So it's like the, the spot that I haven't been, when I go, that's my favorite, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, have, I have a lot of countries that are very stand out that I like to go to. Japan is one that I think, like, if I had to, if I had to like boil it down to something like that, Japan's been one of the more fun ones for me. Just because it's very different from the society I grew totally. up in, you know, yeah, you know, that community, you know, the Japanese, you know, society is it's quite a bit different than living in California. And mm. I guess I got the same vibe about this when I went to Thailand just to visit. I've never played a show in Thailand, but, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of cultures out there are just so respectful and nice that you go to Japan for a while and it like, It's crazy how much you notice it. Everyone's so so nice and calm and or typically yeah. calm and understanding about things and they just want to help. And then they're, you know, you get a lot of pride in what they do. You get a lot of pride, not necessarily like, ooh, I'm prideful from where I come from, but more, hey, I do this for a living or I've done this for 20 years of my life. They're very prideful about doing a good job. Mm. And it's it's very inspiring to see that. You know, you'll have a guy like I I'm obsessed with eating ramen. I love ramen. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> you post a lot of so, uh, ramen stuff. I love this. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's fun to make. I, oh, I have my, a few buddies. My boyfriend brought me to a ramen place in LA like two years ago, and I was just shocked how good it was. I don't remember yeah. where. Was it North Hollywood, I think? Yeah. Yo, there's all oh. over the place. Like, I have a really good friend of mine who owns a ramen shop out here called Budokan Ramen. My buddy James, 
And really crazy coincidence, the family that owns that, that his mm. family, um, that was actually the, the first band I ever played in when I was in junior high school, was his older brother. Uh, it was a band called Peanut and Me, <laughs> and it was a Scott band. And so it's like, to see him and his family, you know, opening ramen shop stuff, and to have the history I do with his family is really, really cool. And they they just opened up a location really close to me in uh, downtown, like Orange, like Orange Circle. So I go there quite a bit, and it, it feels like home to me. And I have another really good friend out here, Alex, uh, Darth Gastronomy, that he has these ramen pop-ups that he does. Mm. And he'll, like, you know, kind of buy the house. He'll do these things for pickup and small order, different kind, every kind of time. He does, like, collabs with people and... This guy is kind of like, he's like that crazy-ass, artsy fucking frog musician mm-hmm. as, a, as a chef, though. Like, he's a classically trained guy, but he's obsessed with ramen. So you get the coolest shit out of him. And Aww. he makes just amazing, amazing. Like, that guy's got a pretty crazy feature ahead of him in making ramen. It's weird that sounds, but like, yeah. So I'm pretty stoked that I got two buddies of mine that do some local shit with ramen that it's really, really cool. You know, all handmade, homemade, you know, is, is it's OG and DIY. It's an art. I've tried to make it a few times, you know, based on health of my buddy. <laughs> my buddy, Yacht, he tries to coach me. And, you know, when you have to do that, like, it's a, it's a straight up day and a half process. Like, you know, you're dealing with this for like 24 hours. So it's not, they're not fucking around. It's, it's cool. And I respect it. And going out to Japan... Like, if you're into that kind of stuff, you get every little hole-in-the-wall Japanese spot that does ramen. There's, like, little ramen houses. It's just everyone's better than the next, and everyone's different than the next. It's like being out in Southern California with taquerias. You know, there's, oh, my God, there's thousands of taquerias out here. Mm. It's, like, usually the ones that are a little hole-in-the-wall, as far as, you know, my opinion goes, sometimes you, you get the best ones from these little mom-and-pop places. Same with ramen in Japan. So it's, like... Yeah. That may be another reason why I really like them in Japan. The food in Japan is just I know. I so, wish I could go someday, but uh, I'm scared of, uh, I hate planes. So I'm like, oh, it's 14 hours plane straight, like one plane. Oh. So, oh, I just can't. <laughs> if, if, you, if you drink alcohol, I would recommend sleeping <laughs> pill. Yeah. You have a sleeping pill and a drink and just zonk out for eight or nine hours. I took, I usually take uh, nausea medicine, which helps to just buzz a little and sleep. Uh, I'm not an yeah. alcohol drinker in plain, <laughs> but yeah, maybe it's a good, for 14 hours, I would consider it. <laughs> oh, cheers. Yeah, I'm having an IPA. It's very funny because right. my boyfriend, like right. while I'm podcasting, my boyfriend just brought me a beer and make is making dinner. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He cooks and he plays guitar like a stallion. I did not. That's amazing. And he just brought me a beer. So I think it's fun. <laughs> Cheers to you. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Very boutique and lovely, A plus grade capitalism. Yeah, you were the classic. I'm since I'm drinking IPA, I just can't drink something else, uh, anything else. I couldn't yeah, you drink Pabst. Yeah, we're still actually speaking of Pabst Ribbon and about my clothing company earlier. We actually did. Yeah, I saw your your shirt. You're wearing yeah, a Pabst shirt. 
Yeah, it was really crazy, actually. To be able to get a, a collaboration with fucking Pepsi the Ribbon was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, a, kind of a big deal for us. So, you know, we're stoked. We were stoked to get to work with them. And, oh, you know, I, it was kind but, of a, You know, I, as, as much as I love IPA beer, Pabst Blue Ribbon is the only beer I could drink, like, um, not in a fridge. How do you say in English? Uh, in French, we say tablette. <laughs> But in English, like uh, warm, warm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pabst yeah. is the only one I can drink warm. <laughs> you can drink it, you like, you can drink it warm, huh? Not hot, but like uh, room temperature. Room temperature. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm a, I'm a snot with beer. Like, I, I, if it's not cold, I can barely drink it. Me neither, except Pabst. It's the only exception. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm like really bad with, with like, I have a few buddies who are obsessed with IPAs. I actually got a really good friend I grew up with, Ryan, and he and our other buddy, Ryan, they ended up starting a brewery out in Orange County out here called Rip Brewery. And they, they started getting a lot of awards on their IPAs. They're kind of known for a lot of the IPAs they make, and mm -hmm. which is super stoked for them like that. But I'm just like, I can't get IPAs. It's so hard to drink for me. It's, yeah. just, it's a bit much. I respect it. But I, I can't get into drinking them. They're, much, they're too much for me. Yeah, but the more I, I'm getting older, the more I, I just drink like one or two IPAs and I'm okay. I don't like it's It's enough. You're right. Because it's, it's hard. No, but I mean, it's easy to get wasted because it's usually stronger beer. So for me, I need to be, yeah. I need to be careful, but still, I love the bitter taste. I love this. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. I, I like to drink like I want to say as far as drinking beer, my favorite country to go to is the Czech Republic. Because any time really? you go to Oh, oh yeah. that's the first I'm, time I hear that. I heard like Germany, uh, Belgium for beer. But oh great beer. Right. Germany's, you know, probably the best beer makers and Belgian beer is amazing, but it's still like I said for someone who's not a crazy beer drinker, something light and refreshing is nice and The yeah. Czech Pilsner you get out there are so good. You get oh. on a hot day you go to any friggin' bar and like just ask for beer. I don't care what kind, just give me their <laughs> beer. And so yeah, going to Czech Republic for beer is pretty fun because I'm not a crazy beer drinker and all their mm -hmm. beer is delicious. Yeah, it's fun to tour for that because you can try all the food and all the beers. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we, you know, we're drinking Molson's when we're up near you, you know. Is it hard to stay healthy on tour? It, can, it depends. It kind of depends on what kind of tour. Like if you're, if you're in a band that you're touring like a bus, which in Europe, that's a lot easier to do than most anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can definitely buy food and keep it on the bus. And it's easier because you can, you have a fridge, you have things like that. Oh yeah. In a, it's a little harder because you kind of can't do that. So you're eating, mostly to-go food. You're eating many food and what you can walk to get. It's really hard to get groceries because you can't keep them good in a van. Totally. And then also depends on where you're eating. If you're in Japan, you're, you can still eat healthy most everywhere you go because just as a culture, their food's not too terribly bad for you. I mean, mm -hmm. given there is bad food out there, don't get me wrong, but I oh, mean, sure. culturally, they eat pretty clean. So it's like, it's very easy. But then, you know, you're turning to the United States or fuck that. <laughs> Go to Canada and we literally have poutine every single poutine. day. Yeah, I love poutine. I, I'm like, 
Uh, so do we, I want to say every day that we're on tour in Canada, we literally will eat poutine every, every single day. Oh, God, I couldn't do that. But I understand. Because the first time I do when I come back from traveling is having a poutine, for sure. <laughs> It's complicating. Like, especially, dude, you're playing, a, you're playing a show every night, you know? So we're kind of like losing our minds like for almost an hour every night. Mm -hmm. We feel like we burn up calories that it warrants. Oh, yeah. Get yeah, sure. Know? But you need the and right... You need the right kind of cheese, though. Oh, I know. That's what I try to. I try to teach people out here in America. Like, poutine for a bit. It kind of still is, but for a bit was like really trendy, really popular. But you would get places that they'll call poutine, but it's like it's just like cheese fries with some kind of weird gravy. I don't know. Like, they'll put tater tots with a bunch of cheddar and mozzarella, and then different weird kind of gravy, and it's like it tastes great, but you're like, yeah. it's not. You don't get that squeak in your yeah. teeth with that cheese. It's never the same. They still have some lesson to learn from Quebec. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys you guys ought to do better than anyone. Like, <clears throat> I know the first time I ever went to Eastern Canada, we I forget where we were. I want to see we were in Montreal. Maybe. No, I want to see in Quebec, actually. I Quebec just got City? Montreal smoking. Huh? You said Quebec City or Montreal? Montreal. No, we... No, we were in Quebec, I want oh. to say, um, maybe, I think, maybe it was Quebec, but it was like, it was a, a spot that had vegan poutine, and like, oh. I obviously didn't poutine, but my buddy did, and I was amazed at how good this fucking vegan poutine was, but it yeah, seemed kind of odd that it was There's a place close to my place called La Poutinerie, and they make great vegan poutine, so maybe it was there. How long? Do they also Do they also have meat poutine with, like, Montreal yeah. smoked meat? Yeah, they have all kind of poutine. Whatever you want on it. Once I had, um, oh, how do you say in English? Parmesan fondue? How do you call this? It's like Parmesan square. <laughs> do you have this? I don't know if you... You know what I mean? Like, square Parmesan... <laughs> anyway, I had this on the poutine and it was just perfect. Sure, I wish I we it. could uh I wish the tour could be replaced soon, as soon as we have all the vaccine in four years. No, <laughs> I'm kidding, but like soon could be great. We have a lot of great microbreweries too. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's the hardest part about this whole thing is like You know, there's going to be a lot of countries who are going to get back to it before others. I mean, right now I'm looking at Australia and it's like, dude, there's tours going down right now in Australia. Like there's shows happening. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mind blowing. But then it's like, you know, in America, I mean, you might have one state that's doing better than the other, but then it's still like, there's no way to quarantine like states. You know, if you go to Australia or like New Zealand, you got to quarantine for two weeks before you go yeah. out public. So yeah. if, if you bring it in, they squash it before it gets in their country. Like, We don't do that. If we have one, if we have one state that has harsh restrictions mm. and another state that doesn't, people in that one state will drive to the other state to go party. Like, uh, so California was pretty strict for a minute. Kind of still is, but, and yeah, a, a place called Lake Havasu. Huh. And Lake Havasu, I think it's in a few states, but I want to say my buddy's in Arizona, though, and it's like, or Nevada, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But in that state, In Havasu, a lot of Californians just went there for spring break and went fucking nuts. Uh -huh. That just 
again in Florida. Florida had a oh, crazy. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, it's like you know, it doesn't matter if one state starts getting better than the other because yeah. it's just gonna spread again. No one, no one's being you know, they're yeah. not distancing themselves. We we just can't we just can't make plans for now. It's too hard. Yeah, to, no, to see. Back, it's, I think it's another year, and it's months after that, and another year after that. So it's, it's wild. You know, I don't know when it's going to get back. I I don't know. I hope so. I think it's going to get back eventually. Everyone says sure. that it's not going to be that. I have a lot of friends that think you know, like this is the new normal. It's never going to get back to normal. No, I don't believe that. I, Yeah, you know, but then I look at like New Zealand or Australia, and I see their society getting back to normal, and I'm like, oh, they're doing it. So even if it takes longer for us, because we have, I don't want to be mean, but I'll, I'll I guess I'll just say, not everyone's on the same page. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not on the same team right now, and a lot of it's politics. You know, politically, it's if you're mm -hmm. one side, you believe this, and the other side, you believe this about it. So it kind of sucks, but. I think it's just going to make it longer, but I, I still think it'll get back. I still think we'll, you know, our world will get back to normal eventually. Yeah, some because there there are so many positive things too. So I hope we won't get totally back to normal. Like I really enjoy working from home because I can nap on my lunch break, <laughs> and then I'm super more productive. So there's some stuff that have to stay, but I'm I'm pretty optimistic that shows are going to be back sooner or later. Please. <laughs> I think it will. And I think I, I, my hope is that people, when shows come back, are going to realize, you know, kind of we took it for granted how, how fun shows were and how important <sighs> they are for us. You know? And I think a lot of people have realized that because they're losing their minds not seeing shows right now. And, you yeah. know, venues are dropping like flies. So it's like, I think we're realizing how good we had it and what we're going to lose. And, you know, it's, The hard thing about the music industry that I think hit harder than almost any other industry is like, unlike the restaurant industry, they're struggling. They were and are, but they could still have to go food. They could still do things like that. Yeah. You can't go shows. So for, for concert venues, you know, you see a lot of them yeah. closing down and it's scary. And what happens with that is even if, you know, the scene comes back and music, okay, we can book shows now. If there's no venue to do that at, you're losing. Oh, totally. It's, it's, that's what scares me the most. Mm. I mean, another scary aspect is this. When these venues shut down, it's like, so Donald Trump, when he was president, um, you know, he, he talked about restaurants. Like, it, he almost made it sound like it didn't matter that they're going to shut down because someone else is going to come in and buy it out later, which is not wrong. I think this is going to give some people business opportunities to buy different businesses very cheap. But in the same sense, that sucks, you know what I mean? So it's like, who knows that when, you know, insert whatever locally known venue that does really good for the scene, mm -hmm. insert that venue here, when that shuts down, it might stay a venue, but like Live Nation is going to buy it out, you know, like a bigger company is going to buy it out. And all that's going to do is just going to start kicking out the little guy. Mm -hmm. And the scene that I think a lot of people worked so hard to kind of keep what it was. Yeah. So... Will will venues come back? Yeah, but hopefully it's not the expense of people within the scene owning these venues and making a living off of it. You know, hopefully it's not at the expense of a bigger company coming in and just eradicating our scene and I mean, you know, with, with a lack of a better term, just mm -hmm. gentrifying our scene. You know, gentrifying punk rock to the point where it's 
too corporate, you know? I guess there's a place for all that shit, but yeah. it's kind of hard to get venues that are ran by the scene for the scene. There's there's just an honesty and a, a real, uh, you know, a reality to that that's really cool and encouraging to kids. Oh, wow. Well said. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so much fun. What a great conversation we had. Yeah, thank you for having me on this. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun, you know? Keep me uh, posted about your new project and your old projects, too. <laughs> no, for you, too. A lot of the, the cover songs you've been doing is really cool. It's oh, really thanks. glad to hear you. The last thanks. one is this, the, uh, the face-to-face song you guys just did with yes. your buddy on the piano. Yes, yeah. with Jay. Yeah, it's fun to do some uh, distance stuff since I have a good mic here and I can record myself. It's uh, I have a cover band too, a real band, and we used to to do a lot of shows. But now he, my my friend is working in a hospital, so we haven't seen each other. I think in the last year we we've seen each other like three times. So yeah. Meanwhile, I'm trying to play music with other people, but like in distance. It's fun. Now you're doing it. It sounds great. It's really cool. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. I feel honored. <laughs> so, yeah, and I really hope we could have a puts in together someday. As soon as someday possible. Someday we will. Good. Yeah, I want to know when I'm out in your area, I want to know your favorite puts in place and we'll go there. Oh, it's going to be hard to choose, but yeah, I'm going I have some time to think about it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I hope the rest of the day goes great. I like this dude so much. He's such a great human. If you want to know more about his bands or his clothes company, Learn to Forget, check the show notes and you'll get all the information there and all the links. The second repunkmentation of the day is for an amazing band from Quebec, my province, called Down Memory Lane. They are great people and they are doing skate punk and melodic punk rock music. They just released a new single called Picture Perfect and an EP will follow in June. I'm excited about this one. Let's go, les boys!
C'est bon, les amis. Merci. Thank you, guys. <rire> And now, it's time for Punk Rock News with Emily Plamondon. Offspring released another single called We Never Have Sex Anymore. Well, that's sad. <laughs> so, so far, I listened to the two recent singles and... What the fuck? I just don't understand where this band is going. But if you like it, that's totally fine. The new album will be released on April 16th. And I'm, I will definitely listen to it. Yeah. A band that I really like... The Venomous Pinks released a live version of their cover of Joe and Jets and the Black Hearts for the song I Want You. They are also gonna release a live EP called Based on a True Story and it was recorded at Bridge City Sessions. The band Useless ID will release a greatest hits album called Most Useless Songs and it's gonna be out in May. The album will also include two new songs and they released a music video for one of them called Same Old Revolution. Check this. And finally, Voodoo Glow Skulls have announced that they will be releasing a new album on May 14th. I think it's the same date as the new album from Belvedere, yeah. But the Voodoo Glow Skulls album will be called Living the Apocalypse and I can't wait! Yeah! Thank you for listening to Day Punk Rockers. That's it for the 10th episode. It was so much fun. If you want to support the show, please subscribe and share it. If you want to follow me on social medias, Instagram and Facebook, look for Punk Rocket or check the show notes and all the links are there. I scheduled a lot of great punk rock artists for the next weeks. But next week, on the next episode, it's gonna be only you and me, baby, because I want to make you tons of repunkmentations. So next week, it's gonna be all about music. I want to say thank you to Epic Merch Store for the sponsorship, and thank you to Scott Alquist from 10 Football for the edit, the jingles, and funny stuff. <laughs> and thank you, guys. I love you so much. See you next week, and punk your life. That's important. Punk your life. Punk your face. <laughs> Bye.